Hello, folks. Today we're sharing with you our sixth, can you believe it, sixth Costa Rica Pura Vida Lifestyle podcast series episode that deals with how one acquires their residency, also called legal status, here in Costa Rica. You know, it's a very important and also involved process from start to finish. It's a process that more and more individuals and families are doing. So many people moving to Costa Rica now, so much stress and uncertainty in the lives of many all over the world. And Costa Rica seems to be that Pura Vida lifestyle land of peace, biodiversity, and hope for a more sane and tranquil life for all those who care to find it. Today and throughout the coming weeks, I'm going to be speaking with Kevin McNamee, who is the representative for Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts. He and his entire team have been helping hundreds of people in acquiring their legal status and everything that is involved with the process for many, many years now. He is indeed an expert, a professional, and a perfectionist when it comes to his business, and I'm really happy to have him here with us today. We're in the process of recording a series of Q&A type episodes, and each episode is going to address and answer two to four questions regarding the residency process. And you're going to learn about how to begin, how the entire pro uh, procedure works, timeframes, and so much more. And most important, you're going to meet a new friend that will definitely have your best interest at hand when you allow him to work hard for you. One of his clients told me that it's like a, hiring someone to build a new home for you. Kevin and his team, they roll up their sleeves and they don't waste any time in tackling the task at hand, getting you and your family ready to enjoy Costa Rica for the rest of your lives. Kevin, I say welcome to you for our sixth time and thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us explaining what you know and what we need to know. Well, thank you again for your invitation this morning, Skip. Look forward to your questions and I hope I can enlighten people as to what I know. I'll guarantee you it won't take you take very long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, Kevin, in our first five episodes, we discussed your personal history here in Costa Rica, how you got started in the residency business. And we also touched a little bit on many important points. We reviewed the three main types of statuses, how one determines what status to pursue and why one needs to even think about legal status in the first place. And Again, we're here where there are many listeners today, and they're all eager to hear what you have to say today as well. So with your permission, I'm going to ask the first question. Fire away, my friend. Kevin, explain the healthcare in Costa Rica. Uh, finding a doctor, uh, prescriptions, is it good service? And what the heck does CAHA mean? Okay. Healthcare in Costa Rica. Ironically enough, anybody here in the country in an emergency situation has access to the to the health system the caja okay now that means you cannot be turned away at the door we have cases here where people from south america other countries in central america come here with an ailment such as let's say a bad heart knock on the door of the Caja hospitals, that's the government hospitals, and they literally get up to and including heart transplants free of charge. It's an amazing situation. Now, you say, yes, but how many of them do survive? 
the, the care and the operations expertise of the doctors, et cetera, et cetera, is excellent. Now you will be asked to pay for it in the case where they perform the operation. But if you have no money, it's out the door and on to the next patient. It's a very interesting situation. And they actually do, we're, we're well known around South and Central America as the best place for a heart transplant. And I use that as an example just in a, a minute ago. But it's just typical of what we offer here. It's the attitude or the mentality of the Costa Rican. So they'll try to drive as hard, hard a bargain as possible. But in the end, you are not going to die and be on their hands or, or they're, they're not going to be responsibility for a premature death. They will take care of you. Having said that, healthcare, of course, a person moving here and obtaining a legal status must, upon having the application approved, join the CAHA. The CAHA is literally what we refer to as the National Health Service here. CAHA really also entails pensions, but we'll just stay with the healthcare at the moment. So a person comes here, they apply for a legal status, and we have to wait. It's not automatic. It's not 24 hours before you have your status and such, because it's a formal application and it's a formal process. So you're looking at a number of months before you get the final approval. The interim, people say, well, what do I do? What's going to happen if I have a, a major problem? There's private hospitals here, excellent private hospitals. They, they will, you can obtain policies there for just about everything you would want. Doctors visits, visits uh, prescriptions, uh, hospital stays, or a combination of three or four different services. They will custom make a program for you and your family. That's not a problem. The other aspect, which I found very uh, nice, excellent here in fact, is that we are so prone to follow the procedure that we knew from back home. That is, I need my prescriptions filled. I have to find a doctor. Whereas here, literally you go to the drugstore and you say, I need such and such a drug. Do you have it? And they'll look at it. They'll do a cross-reference, say we have that specific drug by that specific manufacturer, or we have a generic, which is the exact same pill, blah, 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 blah. And if you need it here, I can give it, I can sell it to you. And you're saying, well, wait a minute, I have to get a prescription. No, that's your carrying your garbage from back home with you. Down here, if they have the, if they have the medicine, you have the requirement. It's a legitimate transaction, there's no problem. Very interesting. Very, very expedient if you want. Mm -hmm. But after you become your approval, your residency, your application's been approved, it's not an option. You must join the CAHA. People say, but I'll never use it. I repeat, you must join the CAHA. Why? Basically, they need your money to, to distribute, to keep in existence, whether you use it or not. Is it a tremendously onerous amount of, of 
money for premium. The operative word is of your declared income. Oh, pension auto, they may have five pensions. They may say, okay, all of them are around 2,500. Therefore, I have 10,250 or $12,500 in pensions. So here, Mr. Kaha, I got 12,000. That is not what you want to do. What you want to do is pick your pension or your source of income, service, uh, uh, social service, for example, that's slight, as close to $1,000, but over $1,000. And that's what you declare as your, as your income. Why? Because your premium is predicated on that amount. So if a person says, well, I have, I have $12,500 a month, they're rubbing their hands together and saying, well, we just got a, we just got a, a whale here going to pay thousands of dollars a, a month for his medical. So be very careful and, and, and you know, be very smart if the truth be known. Now, what is the percentage? For a pensionado and rentista, the declared income will suffer about a nine, between nine and 10% of the amount. So Rentista here saying, okay, I got a thousand, easy math, thousand dollars a month income. You'll pay about $93, $94 for your, for your premium monthly. Okay, covers you and the family. The investor, who typically buys a, a piece of land with a house on it and such, and they they don't really have a declared income because that property is not in, not creating an income. Therefore, they really don't have a, they have no requirement to declare an international income. So the government will work with a policy or a premium predicated on, well, if you spent $200,000 on a house, you must a property and you're living well in there and such, there must be, there's no set figure as what you're going to pay, but use the 10% figure as a good guide. Okay. Sure. But that's, that's the Caja in, and that's the medical system here in Costa Rica. The expertise you're going to enjoy is excellent. It's a strange thing. A doctor, goes international to become a, a doctor. They study in Germany, they study, they study in the US, they study in uh, wherever, Canada. They come back, they experience the five or six years in, in uh, a clinic or hospital or private practice. And all of a sudden they close their doors and they bugger off. Why? Well, they're gonna take a updating in courses and they go back to US, Canada, or wherever, and get an upgrade in their in their profession. And you look at them and say, this is amazing. Well, they're not money driven. It's not a case of, I just got to get a whole line of clients and like, or patients, and I'm just going to run them through like a next and uh, put a mark of, uh, of uh, check a mark on a piece of paper and bill you and, and gone. Here, when you actually go to a doctor, be prepared for a conversation. Be prepared for some intelligent questions demanding some intelligent answers. They are serious about their business, but it is, you'll have, surprisingly enough, you'll have 
opportunities, many opportunities to be ending up joking with the doctor, not because of he's being frivolous, but because he is aware of the fact that you're not used to that concept, that uh, personalized service anymore. It's back in, it's like you're back in the countryside, uh, 1950. There's time to sit and talk about non-medical situations also. Very refreshing. I hope that answers your, your question. Obviously, I'm a great proponent of the medical here in Costa Rica. Well, absolutely. And that's, uh, that's really exciting. And I did want to add just one thing. Of course, you know about the medical tourism coming to Costa Rica. It's a very, very hot spot for Americans and people from all over the world to come to Costa Rica for uh, a bunch of different types of operations. And I'm not going to get into it right now, but I believe Costa Rica has, uh, San Jose has three JCI accredited hospitals. And again, I'm not going to tell you what that is now. You can just Google that. But uh, thanks a lot for the information. That's something that uh, people you know, age 60 and over, especially, they have to make sure that they're going to get the right treatment when they move to another country. Uh, just a couple more quick questions. Uh, first of all, uh, will I be able to open up a bank account in Costa Rica when I come there? There are bank accounts and then there are bank accounts. People were complaining about living here for six months to a year or whatever, particularly uh, perpetual tourists. They had no access to bank accounts and were finding it hard to pay utility bills or rent and such. So some of the banks became accommodating and said, okay, of course, just give us your passport, you know, the, the information from your passport. They don't physically want to take your passport away from you. Right. And they'll, they'll open a bank account for you. The restriction is maximum $1,000 or $2,000. So, so the, the, it's not a trick answer, but the fact is, yes, you can get a bank account, but not worth a damn. As simple as that. Can you open a bank account once, once you have your application in, or if you're going to be a rentista, you, in order to make the application, you have to show a proof of $60,000 in some financial institution. What we do typically is just take our client to our bank and say, these people are going to be a, a client for us to become rentistas and we need a bank account open. So if you'll give them the information as to open the bank account, which is handed to them and then say, and give them a, uh, an account number, which they will transfer the money in, then they're very quickly taken care of. But, but the operative word is, that's a promise to have a application in and, a, and because we do so many with the banks here, we just don't get refused. Now, the, the other way of obtaining a bank account is by purchasing a corporation, a Costa Rica corporation. In the days of yore, a lot of people use corporations, a number of corporations for everything, including purchasing land, purchasing a car, purchasing literally anything in the country, they put it in a corporate name under the guise of, if anybody sues me, all they can get is the assets of the corporation, which is rather foolish and, and very expensive. But by doing that, by using a corporation, the corporation has a cedula number. And therefore, you, when you obtain your cedula, your cedula will have a, 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 a cedula number also, but 
the corporation and the books and the paperwork, you can take that to the bank and say, hey, Mr. Bank, I'm president of Corporation ABC, and this corporation needs a bank account, and here's our address, and here's the cedula number, and please open a bank account. They'll fall over backwards to help you because they want you as a client because that's what they're in the business for too, selling, selling accounts. So the answer is, yes, there is a way of getting it if you don't have a legal status, if you're applying for a legal status, you're particularly rentista status, and they know you need a bank account, they will not only open the bank account for you, but they will supply us the letter, which states basically that you have an account with them and it has enough in that account that you can ha or you have available to you $2,500 a month for the next 24 months. 25 times 24 equals $60,000. At end of the time, 60,000 or end of the two years, renew the amount up to $60,000 again. Don't have to spend the money. It just has to be there as a proof that you are uh, never gonna be a, a liability to the country. And that's the story about bank accounts. Well, thanks, Kevin. That's really good to know. And the third and final question for today, I think I know the answer, but I get this a lot. Can I bring my pet into Costa Rica? Providing it's not a pot-bellied pig or anything, but a dog or a cat, something normal. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story if you wanted to. But uh, about a pig, I had a woman from Hawaii wanting to bring in a, a not a pot belly pig, but a full size pig. It was a pet pig, and the loops we fell, ran through, or jumped through to get this pig from Hawaii to the U.S. or back to the mainland U.S. And down here was a horror story to say the least. And and the tempers, <laughs> we got a little hot. Uh, repeatedly, in fact, because it was just almost a, an impossible uh, task. And, and we finally suggested to the woman after she made some derogatory account is that I suggested that she hold a luau before leaving Hawaii and have the pet, the pet pig, 900 pound pig as a star guest as the main course uh, that did not go over well. In fact, I never heard from her again, but uh, no, people can bring, uh, bring the pets in here. We hesitate to tell you the exact program to do because sure. there's two things you have to do. And first off, talk to your vet. They know the requirements for international travel for your pets, when the pets need their shots, what shots they need, and, and uh, how the, the various... Uh, um, details that you have, they have to present to you in writing. The second thing is when you're bringing your pet, talk to your airline. They definitely know the rules and regulations as to what size of cage, if it can fly in ca cabin with you, if it's a service animal or if it's not, on and on. The rules and the laws change or the requirements change so, so often that we just hesitate to get somebody's to the air, up to the airport, they're all ready to go to Costa Rica and there's a problem with the pet and it has to stay in Duluth, Minnesota for another 90 days. It, it does not make for a happy uh, greeting when we, first, when we do meet the actual client. That's uh, sort of a vague answer, but it's, uh, it's, a one, it's the best we can do. 
and just as important only in Costa Rica, my joke about a pet pig turn into a real story. <laughs> hey, Kevin, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure as usual. We have posted Kevin's contact information and his website address in the program notes that are associated with this specific episode. And we urge you to follow up with him through his contact us page of his website. I'm also going to post today's recording of our Q&A session on his website as well. And when you're ready to have all of your questions answered and all of your concerns addressed, Kevin and his team are standing by, of course, to get started with your pathway to a new life in one of the happiest countries on the planet. And by the way, if you haven't already, be sure to listen to our first five conversations with Kevin regarding residency. All the links, again, are posted at the bottom of the homepage of his website at Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts.com. That's Costa Rica Immigration and movingexperts.com. Kevin, thanks again. We'll see you soon for our next conversation together talking about everything you need to know about acquiring your legal status here in Costa Rica. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome, Antari, Skip. I look forward to our next, uh, next session. Super, so do I.